Amen. I hope that you guys are, if you're back at work or back at school or whatever it is that you had a break from. It's kind of weird when you get out of school, you don't really do your your years by September to May anymore. It's There's no break. There's no summer. Except for Miss Myrna down here. She's a teacher. So she gets to enjoy all the benefits of the high school students. <laughs> but she works hard to do that. So you probably wouldn't want to be in her position Monday through Friday sometimes. Amen. Genesis chapter 22. We're going to talk tonight. Title one message. I'll just go ahead and give it to you off the top. It's the Lord will provide. The Lord will provide. How many of you believe God is a provider? He is a provider. That means that he gives us stuff. <laughs> we love that about God. We love that God gives us stuff. We love that God is, uh, you know, has access to stuff to meet all of our needs. And so I want to talk a little bit about that tonight uh, because um, I believe that God wants us to know and recognize and see his provision in our lives. Um, I believe that every believer, every Christian ought to be uh, living off not of the resources of the world or our country or our jobs or even our paychecks. I believe that we uh, as kingdom citizens should be living off of the resources that the kingdom offers us. Amen. And uh, if God is going to be your source, that means nothing else can be. And so we've got to look at some stuff. We've got to identify what does it mean for God to provide in my life. Let me just give you some definitions real quick. The word provide, the word provide simply means this, to, be, to make available, to furnish, to supply or equip. The word provide means to make available, to furnish to supply or to equip. And God wants to be our provider. He's, he's the one that wants to make things available to us. He wants to furnish us with things. He wants to equip us and supply us. Let me give you some synonyms of the word provide. We have add, administer, afford, bestow, bring, care, contribute, and give. Give. How many of you like to be given to? How many of you like things to be added to you? How many of you like to be equipped and supplied with? Amen. Some antonyms, some opposites. We've got deprive, remove, and take. So we don't want uh, to have things taken away from us. We want things to be given to us. We don't want to be deprived of things. We want things to be furnished. We want to be made uh, uh, you know, we want things supplied to us to do what? To be able to fulfill our function in the earth. And here in Genesis chapter 2, I'm sorry, Genesis chapter 22, Genesis chapter 22 in verse 5, uh, you guys are familiar with this story. Uh, Abraham is believing God for a son. God speaks to him and says, you will be the father of many nations. And he waits 25 long, hard years for God to provide on the promise that he made. You will be a father of many nations. Okay, God, where's that at? Year one, year two, year five, year 10, year 15, year 20. 25 years later, at the ripe old age of 100, Abraham has this promised 
son, his name is Isaac. And now Isaac has grown up a little bit and God commands him to do something very crazy. He says, take your son and I want you to go up on this mountain. I want you to sacrifice him to me. (laughs) Well, I thought God wanted to provide stuff. Why is he depriving me of stuff? We just looked at some antonyms. That means to deprive. That means to remove To take away, you provided me with a son. Now you're depriving me of a son. You're taking away the son that you just gave. You added to me and now you're subtracting, right? This this isn't working. This God, what is going on here? And so here in verse five, I want to start. And it says, and Abraham said to his young man's young men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship and we will come back to you. I think Abraham was, a front, was from around here. The lad and I will go yonder. <laughs> worship. He was from the southeastern part of the United States. Uh, go yonder and worship and we will come back to you. We will come back to you. Notice his words of faith there. So Abraham took the word, took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife. And the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, my father. And he said, here I am, my son. Then he said, look, the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb for burnt offering? And Abraham said, my son, God will provide. He will furnish. He will make available. He will supply. He will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Then they came to the place of which God had told him. And Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand, took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad. Or do anything to him, for now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son. You have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was the ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place The Lord will provide. As it is said to this day in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. God's provision. God's provision. What is God providing to us? What is God making available? What is it that which he is supplying? Many times we miss the purpose of provision because Again, you know, as I asked earlier, we all love things to be given to us. We love to be taken care of. We love to have what we need when we need it for the thing we need it for. Right. We love provision. But we've got to understand the purpose of provision. And sometimes before God provides for us, he's actually wanting us to provide for him. God many times is wanting to know if I'm going to provide for you, what is it that you'll withhold from me? And here with Abraham, 
He asked for the most prized possession. He asked for the thing that he knew would be the most difficult for Abraham to let go of. See, a lot of times we only see provision one-sided. I need this from you. But we don't see that God is actually looking for what are you willing to give up for me? Because if you won't withhold anything from me, I won't withhold anything from you. And so I want to look at some principles today because we have got to identify this provision thing. I believe, number one, that God wants his people blessed. I just believe that. I believe the word points enough in the direction that he wants his people blessed. Now, we have to define that because we've had cultures and denominations and groups of people uh, you know, try to redefine this. And if you don't, if you don't own a, a Cadillac and two boats and a three-story house and another house on the ocean, uh, then you're not blessed. But blessing uh, is not to be defined by man. It's defined by God. Okay? We've got to define blessing properly. We've got to define provision properly. Because I'm not going to gauge whether I'm blessed or not upon... How somebody else is living. And I'm not called to have what you have. So number one, provision always has purpose. Provision is always attached to purpose. God provides where he leads. It may be in your calling to have that. It may be in your calling to have that amount of money flowing through you. It may be in one person's calling to have $200,000 a year salary. And it may be in someone else's provision to have a $20,000 a year salary. You've got to understand that blessing is relative to you, not to what the world is doing. Because number one, uh, how many of you believe that God knows how to take care of us? So that means he knows what I need. You know, my son Camden, uh, he thinks he needs everything. We have to, anytime we go to Target, we've got to stop at the little dollar section. And thank God that section is there. Because I can get him occupied with the dollar toy before I get to the $30 toys that are way overpriced. And there's no reason why this toy needs to be $30. I can make this myself. But I can get him in the $1 section. Uh, if he's lucky, he might get a $3 toy. Well, I got really lucky the other day. They have these guns right now that are up there, these little laser guns. And the first one he picked up, it just, uh, when you pull the trigger, it just lights up. And I was like, oh, wow, that's that's cool. So I let him take it. Well, he ended up picking up another one and it made a super loud noise. That was like, it's like, are you serious? And then he picked up another one and it did that. We got the one that was broken that didn't make the noise. I said, no, we're going with the with the the, this one's way too loud. This one's annoying. I'm going to end up crushing this and throwing it in the trash. You'd be better off just getting the one that doesn't make any noise. And so we got the one that doesn't make any noise. So every now and then, God will provide guns that don't make noises for parents. He'll give you the desires of your heart, man. <laughs> but God provides. But, you know, there's things that we think we need that we don't need. Okay, there's things that we want that aren't necessarily applicable to our lives. But here's the bottom line. God knows what you need for your purpose. If you actually look at the word provision, it's actually two words broken up. Pro, which means for, and then vision. Provision. God gives you provision 
for the vision. So when you get a vision for your life and look, we should all have a vision. We should all have an idea, a goal, a purpose in mind. What what are you passionate about? What is it that that drives you that you go after when you discover your vision? You'll have a better idea of what the provision is. You'll have a better idea of what God needs to provide for your vision. But many times we don't have a vision for our lives. And so we get distracted easily. It's really exciting to know that when you discover your purpose in life, you end up with less distractions. You end up with less distractions because, you know, this is my purpose. And anything that hinders me from accomplishing my purpose, I'm not going after it. I'm not chasing it. I'm not getting sidetracked. I'm not going to the left or to the right. I am staying on course to meet and match the vision that God has given me. And so provision becomes clear when we understand the vision for our life. See, Abraham here is getting ready to go up onto a mountain and he knows God has already clarified your purpose is to be the father of many nations. Well, how are you going to be a father when you take my child? I only have one son. You're taking the one thing that would disqualify me from being a father anymore. So he's very assured going up to this mountain. He knows God will provide. I mean, he tells his servants as he's leaving. We'll be back. We're going to go up and we're going to pray to God on this mountain. And then we will be back. He didn't say me. He didn't say we as in me, myself and I. He said we as in the two of us. Somehow, some way. We're coming back. If this boy dies, God's going to resurrect him because it's in line with my purpose. And nothing was going to move him off of that. His son asked him, where's the offering? The Lord will provide. And if you notice in that verse, he says the Lord will provide for him. Not for me. Why? He's understanding that any provision that comes to me, I'm really just providing back to him. And we'll get to that principle here in a little bit. It's called stewardship. He's realizing, look, you're actually on loan to me, Isaac. God has placed you in my care for a period of time. And it's how I take care of you that determines whether we're effective with this. But he knew this. That God will provide for him. See, that talent and that gift that you have. That's to be provided for him, not for you. The finances is to be provided for him, not for you. The jobs and the favor and the relationships is to be provided for him, not for you. Not for me. Ultimately, everything that God places in my life, I am to provide back to him. God is making, uh, 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 God is providing something, making something available to me. He is supplying me. So that I can continue my purpose for him. It all goes back to God. It all is directed back to him. And so that's exciting to see. So here are some questions. Here are some things that we've got to understand. uh, As we're asking God for provision and believing God for provision. Um, You know, I, I think it's one of the big Debates that's in the church today. Uh, You know, when I'm talking provision, I'm not just talking money, although finances do have to do with provision. But you can provide resources, you can provide jobs, you can provide opportunities. 
There's all kinds of things that we need to have provided to us. But let's look at a few things. Number one, we're always asking this question. It's really two questions. Can God or will God? Can God or will God? Last year, I remember I preached a message uh, called I Can and I Will. Because if we can answer both of those questions properly, then we can better receive from God. Because many times we fall into one of two categories. We believe he can, but we don't know if he will. And we believe that he will, meaning he wants to, but he can't. It's out of his realm. It's out. He, he doesn't have access to that. So, number one, can God or will God? God has the resources to take care of us. Can God? Absolutely. Psalms chapter 50. Psalms chapter 50 verse 10 says, For every beast of the forest is mine and the cattle on a thousand hills. My God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. What's that? He owns a lot of stuff. <laughs> He's got access to some pretty good stuff. Pretty good amount of stuff. In Philippians chapter 4:19, we love this one. And my God shall supply, that supply word is the same word as provide over in Genesis. My God shall supply all your need. I love how it's singular. <laughs> it's not needs. I think sometimes we quote it that way because we think I need this, 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 and this. Oh, and then I need this added to this, and I have needs. But God doesn't see needs. He just sees need. See, what seems like a lot to us, God says, oh, that's, yeah, you got a need. I mean, he just simplifies it. I mean, he just breaks it down. You have a need. Singular. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus, I'm thankful that it's according to his riches and glory, not my riches in earth. (laughs) According to that means equal to. According to. So whatever his riches are in glory, that's what he will supply my needs according to. What does that mean? Limitless. Unlimited. God has access to unlimited riches. Resources. If you go over to Colossians, you find out that he created everything. Everything was created by him. Everything was created for him. There's nothing that we see or don't see that wasn't created by him. So God has uh, uh, access to a lot of stuff. It's called owner by right of creation. He owns it because he made it. He owns it. Whatever he needs to get to you, he can get it to you because he owns it. He has access to it. Amen. So can God or will God? So I see that number one, God can. And I see that number two, he will. And my God shall supply. Shall supply. Will. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. He will supply. Number two, we've got to understand that provision is attached to faith. Provision is attached to faith. And look, if you treated your job like you treated God, you'd get on your boss's nerves. Hey, am I getting paid this week? Is is it coming in? You you don't question your job. 
You know by clockwork. You probably know the the second it's going to hit your direct deposit. You know that by 10 a.m. I can go to my box and I can find my check in my box. You you know there's no uh, you know you're, you're not staying up all night the night before payday and wondering am I going to get paid? Man, I really hope it. I really hope it comes in tomorrow. Calling your boss in the middle of the night. Hey, are we we getting paid tomorrow? Are we getting checks? You you able to do that? No, there's no questioning. You know. But why do we bug why do we bug the mess out of God about it? God, are you, hey, I, I asked you, I'm just I'm believing for this. I'm really there's no faith, there's no trust. But you've got to understand this. Hebrews chapter eleven, verse six tells us that God is only motivated by faith. He's only motivated by faith. God doesn't work like your job, meaning If we're not in faith, we can be hindering some things. If we don't approach him in faith without doubting, without worry, we can be putting a lock on the provision that God has for us. We've got to come to him in faith. Look at Hebrews uh, 11, verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe. Must believe that he is, you got to first of all believe that he exists, and that he is a rewarder. God wants to reward what? Those who diligently seek him. Diligently go after him. Now, that word seek, that word seek is very important. We see that word seek also over in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. We'll look at it here in a minute. Seek ye first the kingdom. Now, that word seek doesn't mean that I am seeking after the provision. That means that I'm seeking after his cares. See, you don't get paid from your job because you go in every day looking for a paycheck. No, you are seeking after the affairs that they are assigning to you. And the reward for that is payday. The reward for sacrificing your time, taking eight hours of your day today or however long you put in and you are uh, uh, putting their stuff first. I could be doing this, but I'm going to go to work and do this. I could be uh, spending time with my family, but I'm going to go and I'm going to seek after the affairs of another. And what? They will reward me for diligently seeking after Their affairs. But see, we do more seeking after the provision than seeking after the vision. We're not seeking the vision that God's called us to. We're seeking the provision that comes as a result. Well, your job doesn't pay you that way and neither does God. God is a rewarder for those who believe in faith that if I seek after his stuff, he will take care of my stuff. That's where provision comes. That's where provision comes. Without faith, it is impossible. Over in Mark chapter 11, Mark chapter 11, verse 22, Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. That statement can be translated, have the God kind of faith or have the faith of God. You probably didn't know that God has faith, but God has faith. He had faith when he said, let there be light. And he believed without doubting that there was going to be light. He spoke a word and then believed 
that it was going to come to pass. God has faith. So have faith in God, for assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart. It's amazing that you could say be removed and be cast into the sea and still doubt. There's a combination. You speak it and then you believe in line with what you're speaking, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive. When do you believe that you receive? When you pray, not when you receive. Whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. So number one, we see or number two, we see that we have to approach God in faith. Provision is a result of operating in faith on God's word, just like you operate in faith with your job. You uh, they gave you their word. You do this assignment. You work these many hours. We're going to pay you this amount. It's very simple. They gave you your word. You probably signed a document that said, I will come work for you. I will receive this in return. There's a negotiation. God's doing the same thing. He's saying what? Diligently seek me. Seek first the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of Mark, not the kingdom of my family, not the kingdom of my paycheck and my finances, the kingdom of God. And then I will receive Things will be added. That word add was another synonym for provide. Things will be provided unto me. We're talking about provision. So number one, we've got to understand, can God or will God? And I gave you two verses. There are so many more in the verse that speak to God can and God will. And you've got to get the word on it. You've got to get the word on it. You know why? Because the devil will come behind and say, no, he can't and no, he won't. He'll come to you with those two statements. God can't do it and God won't do it. One or the other or both. Secondly, provision is attached to faith. Third one, provision requires obedience. Provision requires obedience. God provides to us when we remain in his will and are following after the plan and the vision that he has lined out for us. God is not obligated to provide to you if you're not following him. Just like your job isn't. Well, we've got a problem here. Um, we, you, you, you've been out too much. You've missed too many days. You've, you, you took too much time off. Why? I got distracted. I became unfocused or I didn't follow after the plan that you laid out for me. But when you follow the plan, provision shows up. Provision shows up. It's that simple. Provision requires obedience. Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3, verse 8. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithe and offering. You are cursed with the curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. That sounds like provision to me. 
That sounds like God's providing something. Providing when I obey his word. I remember, uh, you know, someone asked me one time, didn't, didn't God, you know, isn't it a command that we're supposed to tithe? He says, no. Not a commandment. People were doing this. You go all the way back to, to Abraham. Go all the way back to Cain and Abel. They were giving sacrificially and no one ever said, no one ever wrote down, this is how much you give. They just gave back out of the right heart, out of the right motive. Because they knew you've provided for me, I want to give back to you. Because you're my provider. Giving to God is simply acknowledging to him, you are my source. You're the one that provides for me. And this giving is necessary. We can't skip the giving and just expect the getting. We can't just uh, uh, expect that God is going to provide if we're not in alignment with his plan. I mean, he has set it up. It's a law. There's uh, sowing and there's reaping. We're trying to reap without ever sowing. We're trying to collect the harvest when we've never planted. We've never put anything in the ground. And yet we're running to the field saying, where's it at? God, why aren't you providing? He's saying, I've got a plan for that. I've worked that out. You put something in and something comes back. It's a law of the kingdom. It cannot be overruled. It cannot be changed. And so God is looking for some obedience. Look at this back over in Philippians chapter 4. We read verse 19, but I want to back up a little bit. Philippians chapter 4, start with verse 17. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. What's he talking about? Paul is talking about churches that are contributing to his mission. And he's saying, I've got something that I seek more than just getting the check in the mail. Than you putting your tithe and your offering in the bucket. There's more. I am actually excited about the fruit that you're going to reap in your life as a result of giving to this. Giving to the work of the kingdom always provides to you. Always. Always. That's God's system. That's how he's worked this out. That he provides to those that are obedient. Now, I'm not just talking about obedient in giving something, but that's one way. But look, if you're if you're operating out of alignment of God's will, you're not doing what he's told you to do. And and look, this can even come down to the job. See, many of us have made our job our source. We've made our job our provider, and it's not. It was never meant to. My job doesn't make me happy. It wasn't designed to make you happy. There's nowhere that says your job, you're supposed to be happy at your job. If it doesn't make you happy, quit it and find something else. There's nowhere that in the Bible that it tells you to do that. And many of us have placed expectations on our J-O-B, our jobs, that it wasn't designed to meet. It wasn't designed to meet your needs. Many of us have dumbed down our vision to what our job can provide rather than what God can provide. You know why your vision is crazy? Your vision should be beyond what your paycheck brings. 
That's just the bottom line. The vision that God has given for you, you should look at it and say, there's no way I can do that right now based upon what's coming in. So guess what? God, you'll have to provide. You're going to have to bring some provision because I'm not trusting in my job to bring the provision. It's a source, but it's not the source. And so many of us, you know, are tied to a job or tied to a source of income that God is trying to move you to something else. I I know people uh, that have left comfortable jobs. Making great amounts of money to follow the plan of God because they knew this job is not my source. And if I stay here, I'm going to run out. But if I get where God is calling for calling me to, even if it brings in less income on payday, that means God is just going to take over somewhere else. Well, that backs us up to the previous point. It's attached to faith. It's attached to faith. I'll make a statement. This might be kind of hard to hear, but it's truth. If your vision doesn't require you to operate in faith, it's probably not the right vision. If you're able to meet the needs of your vision on your own without believing God, it might be time to get with God and say, God, I know there's something bigger. Why? Because he doesn't want you to trust in that. He wants you to trust in him. He is the provider. He is the provider. I remember, you know, I I made this mistake when, uh, you know, I first moved to Florida. And, uh, you know, obviously I was pursuing ministry, but, you know, that doesn't uh, always pay right out the gate. uh, And it, you know, doesn't always provide the greatest amount of payment. And so, you know, and I knew I'm going to have to find a job. I mean, that's, that's easy. But I moved to Florida for something different than a bank or a pharmacy. And I had to continually keep that in front of me because it became very easy to start going where the more money was. I had never really, before I got to Florida, I never really worked a super steady, great type of job. And when I got to Florida, God blessed me with some great jobs. I mean, I worked a lot of them. (laughs) I was... There was constantly different things that God was moving me towards. And there were some things that I even pursued on my own. But I got some great jobs that started meeting some needs financially and even started allowing me to live a certain type of lifestyle that I, you know, wasn't really used to. I was able to buy things that, you know, I didn't really care about, but the money was there so you could do it. I mean, it was just a a really it wasn't the lifestyle that God had intended me for. And I had to redirect myself. And some things were slowed down when it was time to go to the church because I had to go down. I I cut my income over half to quit the jobs that I was working and to go to the church. And it wasn't an easy process because I had started placing my faith in a paycheck. And when pastor approached me and says, hey, this is what we can pay you if you want to come on. I'm like, whoa, are you serious? I'm making more than double that right now. And then you start doing all the math. And I knew it's God's will. That's why I moved here. That's why I got up and went 1,500 miles across the United States of America. It was not for a job. 
And then I'm working all these crazy hours. I'm missing church events. I'm missing church functions. I'm not even able to do that which I move for because I'm, see- I'm seeking after a dollar versus God. You know, Jesus himself compared money to a God. You know why? Because it talks to you. How does money talk? Well, it wakes you up in the morning for one. Your alarm clock doesn't wake you up. The dollar wakes you up. The dollar gets you out of a warm, comfortable bed next to a a spouse that you just want to stay cuddled up to all day, laying on a pillow, laying under the covers. You're just doing great. But the dollar starts talking. Got to be at work at this time. The dollar will get you somewhere on time. The dollar will get you to stay late even when you don't want to. The dollar will cause you to not take vacations at certain times. Yeah, the dollar talks. It's a God. If we're not careful, we'll start listening to the dollar rather than listening to God. This is why provision is so important. Because look, God wants to provide, but he wants to be the provider. God is the one that wants to provide. I mean, Abraham could have easily said, look, we're going to take this animal with us because I believe God's going to provide. But, you know, I'm going to bring it along. But see, Abraham learned something. When he was waiting on Isaac, he tried to provide himself for Isaac. He's like, well, I got an idea. I just go get with my maidservant and we'll have another son. And that was never in God's plan. God doesn't need your help providing for you. He just needs your obedience. (laughs) Many times we try to help God out. Hey, God, I know you got this great plan. Hey, man, that's awesome. That promise you gave me, uh, Father of many nations, I'm, you know, 90 years old and I don't have any children. Man, that's that's awesome. But, uh, you know, it's been a few years. I don't know if that's still priority for you. But, hey, I I got an idea. I can step in. I, I can make this happen. I can help out here. But that wasn't in God's plan. That was in Abraham's plan. But he learned a lesson. I'm not doing that again. If God says, this is what I need to do, then he will provide. He will make a way. He will furnish. He will establish. He will supply. Not that I seek the gift, uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 17, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Indeed, I have all and abound. I am full, having received from Epaphroditus the things sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrificing, sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. And then he makes the statement, And my God shall supply all your need. Why? Because you sought my need. And that's one thing that I'm absolutely blessed with by this church, because this church will see a need and meet a need. This church has never failed in the three years that we've been here. You have never failed that when the need has been brought up, you've met it. As a corporate group, there hasn't been one person that stepped up and says, hey, I'll finance the whole deal. No, it's been a corporate group. People giving 25, people giving 500, people giving 1,000, whatever. Everybody coming together in unity. See a need, meet a need. And so Paul says here, because you saw a need and met the need, God's going to supply to your need according to his riches in glory. So what's that tell us? That it was a sacrifice for them. 
These people weren't giving out of an overabundance. They were giving when they had somewhere they could have put it. There's a sacrifice involved. There's a laying down that's involved to see these needs. Which brings me to my next point. Provision is added to good stewards. Provision is added to good stewards. The question that I have for you today is if you're believing God for more, what are you doing with what you have? Because I can tell you right now, God is always looking at what is in your possession before he adds more. God has no problem giving. God has no problem getting things to you. We've already seen that. He can, he will, he's got access, he has innumerable amounts of resources. He can get you whatever is necessary for your vision. But the thing we've got to ask ourselves, the thing that God is looking at, is what are you doing with what you have? What are you doing with what you have? This is a test of faithfulness. God wants to look at faithfulness. God wants to see how are you being faithful with what you currently... You need more finance. What are you doing with the finance you currently... Are you seeking His priorities? Or are you seeking yours? Because why am I going to give you more till you can continue to seek your kingdom? But if you're taking what you've got and the sacrifice is there and you're laying down and you are seeking his kingdom, he's got no problem saying, yeah, I can get more to you. That's easy. Because I know that you're going to seek first the kingdom. Look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. But seek first. First is the priority. Is the priority. When provision comes, we've got to ask ourselves, what are we doing with what we have? And the question is a question of priority. Am I prioritizing God's plan or am I prioritizing my plan? As I said earlier, God is not obligated to fund your vision. <laughs> But he loves to fund his vision for your life. If we can get a clear look at what the vision is that God has for us, we'll make it a priority. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, that's obedience, and all these things shall be added. Well, one of the synonyms that we saw for provide was add. What's he saying? I will provide for you when you make my kingdom a priority in your life. I'll provide for you finance. I'll provide for you people to come alongside you. I'll provide opportunities to you. I'll provide jobs to you. God wants you to have a job, but let me tell you why God wants you to have a job. God wants you to have a job so you can influence others in your job. God wants you to have a job so you can influence other people for the kingdom of God in your line of work. Co-workers, bosses, employers, employees, vendors, customers, 
Every person that you come into contact with, that's not just a co-worker. That person isn't just spilling the beans to you about their horrible marriage and how everything's just falling apart. They are spilling that to you because you're a light. They're seeing a light in the middle of darkness and they're saying, I need some light because I can't see my way around this thing. The reason why they're coming to you uh, because the, the doctor just told them yesterday they have cancer in their body is because you're always talking about how you'll pray for them and you never seem to get sick. And anytime a symptom tries to show up, you just don't, yeah, you know, but I'm just believing God, he's going to take it away. And they laughed at you and they mocked you and says, what is that silly Christian talk, that silly church stuff? But then when the doctor tells them you're going to die in six months, this thing is going to take its course. Guess who they're coming to? Light. Because you're there for influence. The paycheck is just, that's a, that's a side thing. That's a side item. God knows how to take care of you. God knows how to get it to you. That job could shut down tomorrow. They could quit paying you. They could drop you and say, hey, you don't bother coming in anymore. We have to cut you. This is what we've got to do. And you can be just as confident as you were the day before that payday's coming. Because God's providing. The job wasn't providing. God was providing. To test the faithfulness. Look what he says in verse 34. Therefore, therefore, since you're seeking first the kingdom, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. What's he saying? When you seek first the kingdom, you'll be amazed at what you don't have to seek for. Seeking takes work. And many of us are wearing ourselves out seeking after other things when he just told us to seek after the kingdom and he'll take care of all the other things. You're getting wore out seeking the right job that's going to pay you everything you need. You're getting wore out trying to find the right job that's got nice people that you get along with and and love God the way you love God. You're getting wore out trying to figure out how to make this income meet these bills. You're getting wore out trying to figure out how uh, the vision that God has given you is going to be met under your current financial system. That's That'll wear you out. But when you seek first... The kingdom of God. He doesn't mean seek first and then seek all the other stuff. He says, if you'll seek me first, you'll find out there's no more seeking you'll have to do. He says, you won't even have to worry about tomorrow. Look, God is obligated to meet your needs 24 hours at a time. And I know that puts us in a hard spot because we love to think about tomorrow. We love, I mean, I just preached a message a few weeks ago on worry, and we said 40% of worry is about things that have never happened or may never happen. We would rather think about tomorrow than think about today. (laughs) I'd rather think about what needs to be paid tomorrow than think about what has been paid today. But he says, when you get in a position to spend all your seeking on me, you won't have any more seeking to do. That's it. Because from there on out, he does the seeking. He seeks how you're going to get that paid. He seeks how that's going to get done. Seek first the kingdom. Now, you know, the crazy thing is, is that seeking first the kingdom may seem like the opposite of what is necessary to meet your need. God, I need gas in my car. Give them 25 bucks. 
No, I, maybe you didn't hear me. I said, I need gas in my car. Yeah, I know. Give them 25 bucks. It's all that I have. Yeah, I understand. And that's all I'm asking for. Many times that's what he says, right? God, that's all I have. He says, yeah, that's all I asked. Yeah, seek first the kingdom. Why? Because he knows how to get it. He's a provider. He's a provider. Amen. God is a provider. Look at Luke chapter 12, verse 15. Luke chapter 12, verse 15. And he said to them, Take heed and beware of covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. You've probably heard this before, but God doesn't mind you having things. But he minds things having you. Our life does not consist in the things. Too many times we're gauging ourselves against someone else's call. Someone else's provision. Someone else's purpose. I mean, there's just things, you know, even in, in our own life, in our own home, that we have sacrificed, that, that we have laid down. Uh, there's even sacrifices that we're making today that, you know, sometimes are just, I mean, everybody has two cars. I mean, you just have two cars. The husband has a car and the wife has a car. That's just what you do. Every, every home, you know, I remember, you know, watching like older, uh, um, I can't remember what, I think it was Back to the Future, the first one, Back to the Future. And it was when he ended up, uh, you know, he fell out of the tree or no, he got hit by the car. So he ends up, you know, in his mom's house. You follow me? You tracking Back to the Future, Michael J. Fox, you doing all right? 1985 and he goes back to 1955 and uh, he... Uh, 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 he makes a statement like, you know, we've got three television sets. Or we've got two television sets. He's like, Dad, did you hear? And, and, you know, the, the little kid's like, did you hear? They have two television sets. He's like, nobody's got two television sets. That's crazy. <laughs> you know, 1955, you don't have that. But nowadays, I mean, it's just most people have. You got four over here. I got anybody with five. It's like, what are we auctioning off t- television sets here? Yeah. I mean, I grew up, there was one in every bedroom. We had two living rooms, each one of them. I mean, it's just, that's just the way it is. But again, we're tracking provision for our lives off of what God has called us to do. Not what the world says, not what the next door neighbor has, not what the co-worker, not what other pastors have, not what other people doing what I do have. We've got to go off of what God has called us to do. I believe, I'm a firm believer that God wants his people blessed. God wants his people provided for. God, uh, you know, David said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging for bread. That's the God I serve. That's the God I serve. That doesn't mean I'm going to have overflowing amounts. Look, if there's 10,000 in the account... Thank God there's 10,000 in the account. But the day he asks for it, you better be able to let it go. The day that he asks for it, we had better be able to obey 
Him. Don't obey the dollar. Don't obey what the world says. You know how many people are struggling financially in this world, in our nation, because all their reliance, all their source, all their uh, provision is relied upon the government system. I mean, there's prophecies out there that say the dollar will not even be any good in two to three years. 2015, 2016, 2017. And when the dollar crashes, so goes the nation. Forget it, man. I mean, you're not, you're not keeping electricity on. I mean, it's just gone. Where is our reliance? I'm not telling you that to scare you. And I don't even know if that'll come to true, come, come to pass. But we've got to change our reliance. Who are we believing in? Are we believing God to meet our needs? Are we believing that God has everything we need, has access to everything we need, and knows how to get it to us, regardless of the current situation? He is a provider. The Lord will provide. We can climb the mountain with the very thing that God has said, I need that. And you're thinking, this thing is worth more to me than gold. But when you're willing to let it go to him, watch and see what he'll open up to you. If you go on there in Genesis chapter 22, he carries on. The angel of the Lord speaks to him again and says, Thus saith the Lord, you will be blessed and all the nations that follow you. The blessing not only came to him, but it succeeded him. It went beyond him. To his children, to his children's children, and to all of us that are in the same covenant by faith. The Lord will provide. We're going to climb the mountain. We're going to get up there. We're going to, we know what God is asking for. We're going to be ready to let go of it and watch what God will do in our lives. Father, we thank you tonight that you are the provider. You are the source. We don't look to and lean on anything else. Everything else can fall. Everything else can crash. Jobs can fall away. Banks can fall away. Investments can fall away. People can fall away. Resources can fall away. But Father, you will never leave us. You will never forsake us. Father, you have promised to us great provision, a great blessing. Everything we need to accomplish the vision you've given us. Father, I pray tonight that if we don't have a clear vision for our lives, make that clear to us. So we can rightly know what it is that you need to get to us. You said that you would give us the desires of our heart. Father, we want to have the right desires. We don't want to have desires that are out of line of what is necessary for the vision you've given us. Father, I thank you that you give us clarity in that tonight. And once we grab a hold of that vision, once we see it, Father, we run hard after it knowing that you provide, you make available to us, you furnish, you equip, you supply, you add everything to us that is necessary to accomplish the vision. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.